Hi guys, I'm Erin. I'm Nicole. Welcome to Do That's Fucked Up. Yay! Um, it is 2018. Oh my right god. Right now, on this day. It's so weird. The year of our Lord. <laughs> January 1st, 2018. We're recording. The year of your Lord. I don't know. <laughs> I have a... I don't know. <laughs> Whoever. The, the year of their Lord. Of the Lord. <laughs> a Lord. Of a Lord. Um, um, of Lord with an E. Uh, um, yeah. Maybe this is her year. <laughs> Our Lady Lord. <laughs> uh, um, uh, how are you? How are your holiday celebrations? Yeah, the holiday celebrations were good. Um, oh my, okay. I went to... We've already like been catching up this morning. We had our uh, our Google Hangout for December, which was a little late by a day, but uh, yeah, I, with our with our Patreon, with, with our Patreon, with our Patreons. Patrons. I, I can't oh, yeah. ever figure out how to say it. It's Patreons, Patrons, Patrons. Yeah. Um, and so that was really fun, but I had missed it because I was in Alaska and I couldn't keep track of what day or the time or I, I just like it was like a black hole. Yeah, it's like you're in the twilight zone up there because it's like dark all the time yeah. this time of year. Yeah, and there's just like uh, I had so much fun. I want to give a shout out to my sister in law Eliza because she is the best. She listens to the podcast and uh, she made sure that I always had plenty of wine in my glass. Aww. And we went out one night and it was really fun. And and she uh, talked me into doing stand up and she was being so cute. Like right before I went up, she was like, "Are you nervous?" And I was like, "Oh, a little." Aww. She's like, "Are you gonna have diarrhea?" I was like, "No." <laughs> and, and then she was like, "Oh, well, you look beautiful." you're gonna do great she was so cute yeah she's is she the one that sent you the champagne flute yes that i had champagne in last night um yeah so she's amazing amazing uh but yeah so that was fun but i was gonna say okay i have a story that i was gonna share with you it's just like i i don't know i wish i would have handled it differently i wish i would have handled it at all but it wasn't about me but we were on the plane we were so tired our flight we missed our connecting flight. We got stuck in Seattle for a long time. And Seattle was a total clusterfuck because it had snowed. Yeah. And it was crazy. And it was Christmas Day, right? And it was Christmas Day. And Damn. So we get on this other flight that they call like a milk run because it stops in all these small uh, towns in Alaska before it finally goes to Juneau, which is oh. like a bigger town. Uh, it's the capital of Alaska. Yes, it is. And, um, and so uh, there's just kind of people on there that live in like very rural Alaska and maybe don't like travel a lot or socialize a lot maybe (laughs) maybe that's rude uh but they're so well there's a reason people live in rural yeah Alaska maybe they don't want to socialize that's fine don't but you know sometimes they have to come out with the rest of humanity and they whether they try their best or not I don't know but there was an incident I was sitting on the plane and we were getting ready to take off from Seattle and the um it was not a full flight it was like pretty empty actually and um the flight attendant was standing in the aisle talking to another flight attendant they were waiting for everyone to get on board and a man had gone back to the restroom and was like coming back up to his seat and so there was a flight attendant in the aisle and he was like oh excuse me I need to get back to my seat 
and she was talking to someone and you know they had their clipboards or whatever it's like a phone now I guess and they're like you know making sure everyone's on board and kind of looking around and so she didn't hear him and he goes excuse me are you deaf (gasps) I said I need to get back to my seat and I I I don't think she still heard him and I was like oh my god like I and I was standing or I was sitting right next to where he was standing. Like he was standing <gasps> right next to me. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then what the fuck? Yeah. And then she still didn't hear. And so finally he goes, hello. And she turns around and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, I need to get back to my seat. Could you not hear me? I asked you several times if I could get back past you. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, are you deaf? <gasps> he said that twice to her. Yeah. Like the first oh time she didn't God. hear and the second time to her face. And she was like, no, I'm not. And her face. What if she was hard of hearing, though? And Well, she wasn't. Just, but yeah. Well, it but was yeah, like but still. the rudest thing. And I It's was so like, rude. And her face just like you could tell like she was just like using every ounce of her being to not like be like, listen, you bag of dicks. Like, you know, like, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to throw you off this plane. Uh, You need to be taken off the plane. I've called the police. You're an asshole. Yeah. So, uh, dude. Yeah. So so she's like, okay, I'm sorry. Excuse me. You know, whatever. And he like walked by in a huff or whatever. And then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so then she like had a moment where she like looked at the other flight attendant and they had like their secret language or whatever. Uh huh. And then uh, she walked away and then she came back towards me and I was like, if he walks by again, I'm going to elbow him in the nuts. Because <laughs> I was in the aisle. And, and she was like, oh, my God. Did you hear that? I was like, oh, yeah. Whoa. And she was like, I can't believe it. And I was like, you know what? I forget what I said, but I was like, oh, man. She, she said, like, some people, and I'm like, some people just don't know how to behave. And she's like, yeah. And, I was like, and then later on in the flight, I, like, saw her when I went back into the bathroom. I had to poop. And, and, then, <laughs> and then I saw her, and I was, like, just trying to get to the bathroom. It was, like, somewhat urgent. And she was like, uh, she was like oh, hey. And I was like, hey, <laughs> like, just like, don't want to chat. And she's like, You're oh, like, my I God. Have to shut. Yeah, I was like, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. She's like, oh, she like put her hand on my shoulder. She's like, oh, you're just so sweet. I was like, oh, thank you. And then you shit in the bathroom and stunk it up back there for her. <laughs> Great. <laughs> some <laughs> some people just don't know how to behave. Well, luckily. Takes a shit two hours later. <laughs> luckily she uh it was beverage service so she had gone up to the front but then i was stuck back there with my own shit for like (laughs) 30 minutes good job yeah oh anyway well you should just you could just blame it on that guy then oh yeah that's a good idea i'll be like it was that awful man he's just a skid mark on society and also he left one in the bathroom (laughs) Oh Girls. my god, dude. Um, how was wow. your holiday? <laughs> it was great. It was so fun. It was uh I had no I don't think I had anything crazy happen. Nothing really fucked up like that. Uh yeah. while we were traveling. It was pretty pretty smooth, easy travels. I don't know what we did this year that helped us avoid all of the craziness that we encountered last year. Oh. Uh, well, that was like Thanksgiving last year, so I don't know, but we like, we didn't have any kind of, we didn't have any delays, we didn't have any uh, weird 
shit happened. So it was all pretty smooth. And uh, I don't know. It nice. Was, uh, it was super chill. Yeah. Oh. Hung with uh, my fam and DJ's fam in California and had a great time. Yeah. And it was wonderful. You ate all the trifectas of fast food. I did. I had uh, in and out as soon as we landed uh, and then had Del Taco, which is one that I miss almost as much as uh, in and out because there's no such thing on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, our favorite uh, burrito stand at the bottom of our, our mountain, uh, Rosa Maria's. Shout out to Rosa Maria's. Oh. Thank you for making such delicious tortillas and beans and everything. It's what what wonderful. burrito do you get there? I get the meat, rice, bean, and cheese. Yeah, that's where you go. Yeah. MRBC. Yep, MRBC. Uh, or I got it with chicken. It was good. Oh. Usually it comes with pork. Um, yeah. But it was like trying to be healthy, so. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, I love, uh, I wish like It's like getting knew. a Diet Coke. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wish people <laughs> knew what these food. burritos were like because they're literally like, uh, uh, uh like, how big the is that? The size of a newborn baby. Yeah, they're the size <laughs> of a newborn baby, and there's just a vein of cheese running through it. Like, so good. It's just oh. like it's like they took three handfuls out of like a shredded cheese bag and just like crunched it in there, like smushed it in. Oh. It's very good. It's very good. There and there's several locations yeah. throughout the Inland Empire. If anybody gets a chance, if you are not familiar. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did. I ate too much food. I feel like absolute garbage. Uh, I <laughs> I don't think I think I'm going to I don't know. I, I got to eliminate <laughs> uh-huh. all the all the alcohol and and heavy food that I ate over the past like week and a half. Yeah. So. It's, it's hard, too, because especially like you know a lot of people start diets today or whatever or like tomorrow i guess yeah (laughs) um or maybe today if they're like really getting after it but after eating like such crap like yeah i ate like peanut m&ms for breakfast pretty much every day not because not because i wanted to but that that's just like the the kind of food that's in pete's parents house it's all sugar this time of year oh yeah and so it's like you know there's not really any like, there's no, like, normal food. I had an egg one day, but I also had peanut M&M's. So it was, like, you know, you've, like, built up this, like, sugar tolerance. And then yeah. if you start eating healthy today, it's, like, a crash. Yeah, It's totally. exhausting. It is. I just need to, like, ease back into some sort of <laughs> semblance of health. <laughs> yeah. Like, eat things that have been grown and not processed. and Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, well, it's the new year. Yeah. New year. Um, maybe a new you. Maybe a new you. Maybe you're using this time to reinvent yourself. Yeah. Um, like, become the your best person. Maybe you're going to... Live gonna your best life. Live your best life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're... you're, you're, you're it's a new year. So new beginnings. New, year, new beginnings. Uh, and some people take this concept a little too far, I think. <laughs> We're going to talk to you today about uh, somebody who did this in a very crazy way. 
uh, ways. Ways. Several ways. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about a guy who was born Christian Carl Gerhard Schreiter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's obviously from Germany. But this motherfucker is one of the most prolific con men mm-hmm. in recent history, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was born in Germany, but he snuck his way into the United States, obviously. How else could you <laughs> do it? Um, he ingratiated himself into a lot of different people's lives by claiming several different identities through the years. So he's gone by Chris Crow, Chris Chichester, Chichester, um, Chichester, yeah, Chichester, mm-hmm. Chip Smith, and Christopher Gerhart, among many other aliases. Um, isn't but among? It, oh, go it, ahead. Isn't Chip? Isn't that how you say ju- junior in like bougie waspy circles? You know, I wouldn't know. <laughs> like I, a chip off the old block? Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like it's very like Connecticut or something. Yeah. To, if you have a son that's like the second or the third, instead of calling them by your same name, you call them Chip, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I think that. Because Junior's too Bobo or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's too like, <laughs> it's too like bland or, yeah, yeah. it's too like it's too much of what everyone does. It's like yeah. Chip, Chip's like the aristocracy's too, junior. Yeah, junior's too pedestrian. <laughs> uh, but fucking yeah. Chip is dumb. I like it. It reminds me of, I don't know, Chip Gaines or, you oh. know, like Chip and Joanna Gaines. I don't know. Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> They're weird. Um, <sighs> anyway, so but among some of his biggest lies some of his like most intense aliases that he made up uh were <laughs> were among them were that he was a baronet uh a uh Mountbatten, which is a descendant of queen elizabeth's husband mm. um and a rockefeller huh. um <sighs> that's those are some bold claims like I- it's one thing to just like blatantly lie about what your actual name is yeah like you know i can call myself by my middle name if i want to i guess but i don't know i and, like people do this all the time with like online personas i guess yeah but this is before the internet yeah a this lot is, this is well before the internet this is like uh 80s yeah but uh, but uh, okay i when i was doing research for this i found this other guy I, his name's Christoph Rokencourt. Do you know who this uh-huh. guy is? He also heard- was a fake Rockefeller. Oh, really? So it's like a thing. Like I think it's just like such a recognizable name. And it's like, it's the closest thing we have to like American royalty. So yeah. the name Rockefeller is just like synonymous with wealth and uh, status and yeah. power. So, and like, if you're going to like make up something so bold, like... Like, who would do that, I guess? It's just so – it's so intense. I don't yeah. know. Well, what is it The uh, um, on uh, Gilligan's Island? The Yeah. 
Howells or what is it? The yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But he, so let's just like oh oh oh, is that a part in here? Yes. Oh, yeah. I I was just thinking it reminds me of like Thurston Howell the Third. Like I'm a Rockefeller. Like oh, yeah, uh, uh, I speak in a, a transatlantic accent and yeah yeah. Oh weird. So, oh okay. Okay. So he okay. So he he styled himself all these things, but he eventually fucked up really bad so yeah well um, how do you keep track of like who the fuck you are when you've changed your name 30 goddamn times i know it's like he just got so used to lying i think that it just became part of his being yeah also he had a thing for c's (laughs) (laughs) chris crow chris chichester chip smith christopher gerhardt like all these c names well probably you'll see you'll see you'll see I didn't even mean for that to be a pun. Thank you. I got you. Um, yeah. So when he was like 18 or 19, we're going to go back to his like early life. Yeah. Um, it, around 1978. So he, first of all, his first lies starts that he, I, we don't really know when his birthday is. He claims it's one day. There's evidence saying it's another day. So he's either 18 or 19 in 1978. Um, and he decided he wanted to move to the United States after meeting an American couple who were passing through Germany where he lived. Uh, I think he's from like a, a mount, like kind of mountain town, resort town mm. uh, near the Swiss Alps or mm. the German Alps, whatever. Um, so he decides he's going to go to the United States. He obviously lied and said he was visiting these people that he just randomly met. Uh, I think he showed up on their doorstep and they're just like, uh, no. Oh. Creep city. Yeah, so creepy. Uh, but he – so he ended up not obviously staying with those people, but he found a, another family to ingratiate himself with, uh, the Savio family. Hmm. And he thought they were in Berlin, Connecticut. I was like, wait, <laughs> Berlin? What's happening? I don't know. It was weird. Oh, an odd coincidence. I hate that he ended up in Berlin. Connecticut. I hate that there's like so many towns that are named like how there's um Rome, New York. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I I I, or Paris, I hate that. Texas. There, yeah, there's also what's the Versailles? Isn't that? <laughs> it's like if you're gonna go with that name, you better say it right. Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but maybe he um, felt at home there because he was German. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um. So. The Savio family let him stay at their house because he claimed he was a German exchange student. Um, he eventually wore out his welcome with them, though, because he was a total fucking asshole. Okay. Like, he was just an asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, oh, excuse me. Hi, I need somewhere to live. I'm a German exchange student. There are fucking programs that, like, place people. You yeah, don't You don't, don't just show up and you're like, I need a house. I think that's kind of what he did, but, like, I don't know how – I don't know. These people oh. just seem like really nice people, and I was reading – I I a lot of my research I got from uh, this Vanity Fair article. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's called The Man in the Rockefeller Suit, uh, <laughs> and I think the guy that wrote the initial article wrote a book, too. Um, I don't know. One of, one of the editors – yeah, his I think his name is Mark Seal. I think he wrote a book about oh, him also. I wonder if he was the guy in the documentary I watched because there was like a writer that was friends with him. That was like a, a different sh- guy. Oh, it was? Um, yeah. Uh, There's like a lot of he, – he met a lot of people over the years, but uh, I, Vanity Fair always has like 
really interesting because they cover such, uh, you know, upper echelon scandals. Yeah. It's we should also say, obviously, this guy was like very charismatic. Obviously, like people liked him. Even though yeah. he's weird and all this stuff is weird, like somehow when they met him, it wasn't just like Creep City. They were like, oh, this yeah. guy's interesting. Like he was kind of like, well, I don't think he was that good looking, but I guess like to some people he was. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe an acquired taste. He probably carried himself and spoke to people in such a way that like, you know, yeah. he was like a Ted, Ted Bundy-esque kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, so he wears out his welcome with this this family. Um, he, so, the, like I was saying, this article that I was I referenced a lot in Vanity Fair. The, they interview the guy, the the father uh, of this family, of the Savio family, and he just like is like this motherfucker. <laughs> he was a piece of shit. Like he just does not <laughs> hold back. He's like, I never saw him pick up a tool in his life he was he was lazy he was like always expecting everybody to do everything for him like he just had this air of like you're my servant please do my laundry press my clothes like he was an asshole so um i think the final straw with this family is he like locked their daughter out of the house or something it was so weird i don't know (laughs) he's just an asshole um so yeah he wore out his welcome and then he decided uh, by the time he left the Savio family, he was calling himself Chris Kenneth Gerhardt. So mm-hmm. he totally changed his name already. Yeah. Um, so he sets up for California to uh, continue on with his original plan of becoming an actor. That's why he wanted to move to the United States. He was mm. just a total – he was really obsessed with uh, American movies and television. So back to the Gilligan's Island thing, oh. he – Gillian's Island was his favorite television show. Oh. It was his favorite television show. So he um he actually he loved Alfred Hitchcock and he loved Gilligan's Island. So he loved uh Gilligan's Island so much that he mimicked Thurston Howell the <gasps> Third's speech pattern and accent so he could sound posh. Oh and like, my god. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I saw this last night when I was tired and I didn't remember, but I do yeah. not remember seeing that. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I guess, well, okay, so I watched a documentary on Netflix. Uh, I forget what it's called, something. I mean, if you look up Rockefeller, you, yeah. you can find it. But um, it interviewed a bunch of people that he was associated with, like, through his journey. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, everything we're talking about. So, so bougie. You yeah. know, like, you just, like, look at, there's, like, one woman who's wearing a scarf and, like, little ball like earrings. Like an Hermes scarf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and her hair is, like, parted on the side, and it's, like, blonde and gray, and it's, like, uh, everything's, like, very manicured. And you just, uh, like, you just look at them, and you're, like, oh, yeah, that he was, like, trying to get in with a lot of rich people. Yeah. Who, but, like, but like waspy rich like people. Like o- old money wasps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so he, yeah, so that's what he ends up doing. But along the way, he t- he makes a pit stop in Madison, Wisconsin for a couple of years. <laughs> I don't know. He just, like, got sidetracked or something. Uh, he he realizes, okay, so he enrolls in college there. I think he, he, like, takes some, like, film classes or something. And he ends up uh, realizing, like, oh, I need to be an American citizen. Mm. Um 
he needs it, it just make things a lot easier for him like being able to get around and establishing himself yeah so he um he like meets this young woman she's only 22 years old her name's amy drisil donkey i think that's how you spell her name or you mm. say her name uh maybe it's dunke dunke <laughs> like a donkey <laughs> in scottish <laughs> scottish accent <laughs> Like Shrek? Yeah, like Shrek. <laughs> Dunke. Dunke. <laughs> so okay. He marries, he marries poor Amy. She's only 22 years old in 1981. And literally the day after they get married and like everything's official and he has his green card, uh, he, heads to, he heads to California. He's like, bye, thanks. Thanks for the green card. But she doesn't end up filing for divorce until like 1992 or something. So I don't know. Poor I thing. wonder if she was like really heartbroken or if Maybe. she was like, bye. I mean, listen, she dodged a bullet. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> Girl, Whether, I would have filed earlier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know what? It all. She's lucky she didn't get more wrapped up in this shit because it gets worse. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so bad. So, yeah, she definitely dodged a bullet from that <laughs> fucking asshole. Uh, so he gets to California and immediately starts lying. <laughs> uh, Who is he, he right now? So he so he was still Chris Gerhardt, I think. OK. Um, at this point. But then uh, so he's like trying to get work in acting. Obviously, it's a really it's really hard to do. Everybody. Mm-hmm. In L.A. is trying to be an actor, yep. so he realizes it's hard, and he ends up uh, he finds the night one of the nicest uh, neighborhoods in California, in Southern California, San Marino. Mm-hmm. So San Marino's super tony. It's, it's close to Pasadena. It's like adjacent to Pasadena. What does Tony mean? I've never like heard fancy. This. You never heard oh. the you never no. heard like Tony restaurant, Tony neighborhood. No. Oh. What is this from? I don't know. Oh. I don't know the origins of the word, but oh, that's okay. what it means. Oh. It means fancy. Cool. Um, so, yeah. The, the So, I guess the thing for context for this neighborhood of, like, visualizing it is, uh, so, they shot the father of the bride near this neighborhood. Oh. So, it's like, it's like those kind of really beautiful houses, perfect, perfectly manicured lawns, like, everything's just super nice and pretty. And, yeah. It's like a real hoity-toity neighborhood. Hoity-toity. Yeah. Um, But it's like classy. It's like classy. Oh, want to know something? Huh? You want to know how you say hoity-toity in German? Yes. Ite petite. It was in that documentary. It was they were like blah blah blah, ite petite, and I like on the subtitles it said hoity toity, and I was like, I love that. Weird. Yeah, so it's ite petite, or that it, sounds Italian, I guess. Yeah, ite petite, ite petite. I just yell. I don't know. <laughs> okay, it sounds like eat your potatoes or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Ite petite. E-T-P-T-T. Uh, I don't know. Donkey? Donkey. <laughs> so, so this motherfucker is rolling around this nice hood, and he becomes Christopher Chichester mm-hmm. at this point. 
when he ingratiates himself into this neighborhood. He does so by like going to the church and that's in the neighborhood. That's like a good way to like meet all the people, see what the, uh, you know, the social hierarchy is. He yeah. he he figures this out pretty quickly. So pretty smart. Um, yeah, he's super smart. He like has a lot of like practical knowledge about how to be social and yeah, like he gets it. But I think honestly, he a lot of like what he knows is like or like he models his behavior after like characters from movies and and television. So yeah. um. So yeah, everything's made up. He, he even had uh, business cards that had a made-up family crest on it, <laughs> and he said he was Christopher Chichester the Thirteenth, uh, Baronet. That's of, like I, of where I don't know, but okay. Um... I think this is how he claimed this that he was a descendant of Lord Mount, Mountbatten, which it's like okay. You know how like you there's like lies when when you're lying about something, say uh you're late for work or something, I don't know. Right. And you have to like make up something. Yeah. You know when people give too many details, you're yeah. you're like, "Wait, like why are you like, giving me these tiny little minute details that I don't really need?" That's like that. Like 13 yeah. And baronet, it's like you—you you don't have to go that far. Maybe just yeah. be the third or fourth. By the thirteenth, yeah. it's like, well, you might be in a fucking history book. Yeah, I don't like. I, it's just like all these little things. It's just like he just embellished all of these lies so much. So yeah, just to keep it interesting, I guess. I don't know. And also, also just because it made it more obscure, I guess too. So people maybe. were like, okay, and didn't question it. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Obviously. I know. Yeah. Somehow he got away with all this. Well, I think people who it, people with money don't really care who you are. Well, in some ways, as long as they think you have money. Like yeah. I, that's the vibe I got from like all these Definitely. people. It's like, oh, I thought it was like a little interesting, but like I wasn't going to ask him. That'd be rude. So right. I just made an assumption that he that's who he was. And because he had money and like looked good cool or whatever he looked he looked the part and he acted weird yeah <laughs> okay yeah. like he had like all these excent ex- eccentricities ex- yeah ex- yeah is that my statement i think yeah. so yeah he was eccentric he yeah he was paranoid he was weird and he was an asshole oh, and so people like, were like a rich person he's, he's a rich he's rich he- <laughs> and thing- he wears really nice shirts so. yeah <laughs> like uh what's the one with the little alligator on it uh, that's like uh izod Lacoste. Lacoste, yeah. Izod. Yeah. <laughs> not Izod. Uh, no. Not Izod. <laughs> no. Um, but also people were like, oh, yeah, in this documentary I watched, they're like, yeah, and like he spoke perfect English. But I'm sorry. Uh, when I – and maybe it's just because I know he's German and he, like I'm not watching clips of him uh, without knowing <sighs> that and like just listening to him talk. But he's clearly speaking weird. Like – well, he has this like very strange accent. It's like it's like uh, intercontinental. Like you can't place it, and I think that's what people. That's what throws people off is they're yeah. like, oh, he's like obviously European of some sort, and you can't really place the accent. It's so, yeah. and I guess it's rude. You can't really be like, no. Why do you uh, talk weird? <laughs> it's it's so funny. So okay, he doesn't actually. He sounds. He, 
does not sound British, though. He doesn't no, sound no. like Thurston Howell III. He, no. he, he just sounds like intercontinental. It's like yeah. a very vague European accent. With a, with a German like with a German, German underlying but but maybe I just think that because I know yeah I don't know no that that seems right yeah um so he eventually he he works his way into he gets uh he finds a place to stay with this um older woman named Dee Dee Sohus 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 um yeah and it's like a it's like a guest house kind of like off the main house. It's yeah, not... it's like some party room. It's like kind of dilapidated, but yeah. like but like in a fancy neighborhood, and it's just yeah a place yeah it's kind of like a place to crash or whatever. Like a rumpus room. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the like bonus a, room. <laughs> it's like a game room. Yeah, so he he's living in this woman's guest house and. She has a son named Jonathan, mm-hmm. and he, Jonathan has a wife named Linda, and they move in with Dee Dee, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of temporarily, but they're there, and they like realize that it's there's a weird dude living in their mom in Jonathan's mom's guest house or rumpus room, whatever, and they're just kind of like, what the fuck, what's happening here? Who is this guy? Yeah, and they start kind of being weirded out by him um and meanwhile he's like going around town and like everybody knows him he becomes kind of like this like fixture of the community uh all the old ladies love him he like flirts with all the old ladies he like goes out on dates with like the younger daughters and stuff and he's just he's like in in the community he's a man about town he's a man about town (laughs) uh were you going to say something? Oh, I was going to say uh, it would be totally weird. Like, it, it is weird when older people, I think, make younger friends, you know, sometimes. Yeah. And, and, and she s- was, like, kind of, like, in her very later years. And I think yeah. she was an alcoholic also. So she was, like, not making, like, super solid decisions. Yeah. I think. She was, like, in decline a little bit and an alcoholic and – so Jonathan and his wife, Linda, are like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what's going on here? Is this guy taking advantage of you? Yeah. Like, what's happening? Yeah. So are you it was giving weird. him money? And uh, yeah. why is he living here? Yeah, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they're all kind of weirded out, but everybody in town seems to really like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point in 1985, Jonathan and Linda go missing. Like, they just kind of disappear. Um, uh, and Chris, <laughs> the now styled Christopher Chichester, I'll call, we'll call him California Chris. <laughs> he, he tells Chris, Cal- California Chris tells people that, uh, they went to Europe. They went on a trip to Europe and they even had said, like Linda had said some weird stuff to friends, I think like about how they were like going on some like government <laughs> top secret, like job thing yeah i don't know because it was you, weird because when you work for the government and you have top secret jobs that's what you tell people yeah you don't just yeah <laughs> like i I, no. I was yeah like they i watched a, a 48 hours mystery episode about this and it was just like this one friend was like yeah she told me they were doing some top secret job but that's all she would say about it and i was just like 
Huh? <laughs> what the fuck is like? No, I don't know either. I, I, everybody's full of shit <laughs> in this situation. Yeah. So either way, it was weird. They they just took off. Uh, Dee Dee, uh, she the mom ended up getting some postcards from Europe, supposedly from Jonathan and Linda after they had taken off. Um, but nobody had heard anything else from them, and some of the rest of the extended family started being kind of weirded out. Linda's family was like, where the fuck is my daughter? Yeah. And Dee Dee eventually finally did file a missing persons report five months after they disappeared. Oh. Uh, which is like kind of a long time. <laughs> uh, and by this time, California Chris had left California and was long gone. Mm. So he's Connecticut Chris now. He's Connecticut Chris now. <laughs> So, yeah, he moved back to the East Coast, and this is, like, the late 80s at this point. This is, like, 88, um, around there. Uh, he started telling people that he was Christopher Crow. so that he was a producer. Mm-hmm. For He was, like, a TV producer for uh, the show Alfred Hitchcock Presents because he loved Hitchcock so much, and there actually is a credited, there's a person named Chris Crow in the credits of that show. Really? So it's like, yeah, so like, and people, there's no like picture along with the credit. Like, yeah, how there's would you no ever IMDb know? in the 80s. There was no IMDb in the yeah. late 80s. Like, no, but there was no internet. There's no way to like verify this. So like, he's like, yeah, this is the show that I produced. So, and, and al- while, oh, also, sorry, well, also I was going to say, like, if you were telling people that in Hollywood, people would be like, no, you're not. I know that guy. But if mm-hmm. you're in fucking Connecticut talking to a bunch of people who are not in anywhere near that industry. Yeah. They're all stockbrokers or whatever. Like, yeah. no one's going to know. Yeah. He totally, like, removed himself from any thing similar to what he, what kind of lifestyle he was in before. Yeah. I mean, it's all very fancy still. But yeah. Um. Yeah, like these people had no idea. So they're like, oh, cool. And he had taken some uh, more film classes at USC, I think. Oh. So he like had some knowledge. And I think he had done a, uh, like a uh, a cable access show for the San Marino like neighborhood. So he like had this like very remedial understanding of like production. And like it was just like <laughs> he so he had like some like some a little bit of practical knowledge and was just like very dilettante about all the shit that he'd do but he knew just enough that people were like oh okay yeah you know yeah so so yeah he's like i'm christopher crow i'm a producer and people totally believed him yep um so when he headed out to connecticut he had taken jonathan and linda's truck Mm-hmm. He drove across the country in their truck, and he tried to sell it when he got to Connecticut. Uh, and it he couldn't sell it. He was, like, trying to sell it to a local – son of a local minister. And it, like, seemed weird to the guy. Like, he didn't have, like, all the stuff or something. Yeah. So the cop, the cops are like, wait, what? Like, the – it was, like, a weird transaction, so the cops got involved. And um, at this point – He's totally unconnected. He's just like this guy who has their truck. And I don't know what story he told to the cops, but they don't make any kind of connection. Yeah. Like, and at this point, nobody, nobody knows that they're missing. 
like everybody is assumes that they are in Europe. They are taking this like long vacation. So there's no yeah. red flags. There's no weirdness. It's just like, oh, my friends let me borrow their truck while they're on vacation. And everybody's well, like, okay. And it's like <laughs> on the other side of the United States. So it's yeah. like, you know, there's not no it's you know it's like separated and not on everyone's yeah. mind so yeah and I think too like he had Dee Dee kind of like wrapped around his finger yeah and she like probably verified with the cops like oh yeah like they are in Europe and if he says like that they said that he could use the car then yeah that's that's fine so they're in who Europe knows? here's this postcard yeah <laughs> All the evidence that's needed. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, he's just like talking his way out of stuff and he finally gets, so yeah, there's no alarm bells though with that. Yeah. Um, so he ends up getting a job at a small stock broker firm um, and he was definitely fired from yeah. there because he had no idea what he was doing, no. A, and B, he fuck, they did a background check on him. And they realized he gave them David fucking Berkowitz's social security number. Oh, um. The serial killer, the son of Sam. Oh, like, um, G. <laughs> he gave them David Berkowitz's social. Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, God. Okay. If you're like a good, oh if you're God. a smart criminal, you at least use a dead person social security number, not one that's going to bring up like fucking a serial killer. Like the mo- one of the most high profile. Yeah. At that point, that it was only like 10 years later since like Son of Sam had, had happened. Yeah. And oh I mean, my God. maybe a little bit later. And they're just like, what the fuck? And so they fired him, obviously. But. Didn't tell anybody because that's like fucking that's kind of gnarly. That's weird. Like, why would you not tell some sort of authorities about that? I don't. Yeah, know. like this guy's using. Well, I mean, I guess maybe if you're if you are an employer, maybe you deal with that occasionally. Just like people who aren't who are undocumented trying to like get work, but that yeah. doesn't make sense for like a fucking stockbroker firm. <laughs> like, you, yeah, it's like white collar. <laughs> college graduate people i don't know like yeah. it's just weird and he went in there and he's all hmm i'm a stock like what is he i don't know huh. i don't know he, what is going on i just he don't just he didn't guy. know what he was doing yeah and he still somehow after all that got a fancier job on wall street at a place called nico securities oh, yeah, 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 yeah. limited where he <laughs> He was in charge of managing or selling euro bonds, maybe. Yeah, sure. Like he was like a man, like a manager of a whole. He had a whole team of people. Yeah, he had. Like, yeah. and there uh, on the Netflix documentary, some guys like, uh, yeah, I thought he was weird. One time he asked me who buys euro bonds, and I was like, that's a dumb question to be asking <laughs> if you're in charge of managing the sales of them. But still, no one. It, it's so weird. It just okay, goes to th- show you, like, what having money does. People don't question you, like, or, or well, seeming to have money. Right. So he, he like, looked every bit the part of a rich guy. And yeah. there were definitely some people along the way who were like, fuck this guy. He's creepy and not cool. And he's obviously lying. Yeah. But those people, 
were not the ones making decisions. Like right. there was like there was, he like dated a girl back in California in San Marino who was like I went on one date with him. He drove me around in his shitty Datsun and <sighs> We ran errands and he had post-it notes all over the dashboard and he was weird and talked about himself the entire time. It wasn't even really a date. And I got and she's like, and I got home and I was like, I told my mom, that guy's weird. He's lying about everything and I don't ever want to see him again. Like she knew. She but what who is she gonna like what's she gonna do? You know, who's she gonna tell? Like she he hasn't done anything bad at this point. So it's like this is just a weird dude that I don't ever want to talk to or speak to again. I'm fascinated whatever. with what his post-its were said. Like, I, I wonder no what, like, oh, it was probably like. Like, they were just notes to himself, I think. I don't know. <laughs> like, was it, were they like mundane things like feed the cat? Or was it probably. like. Or was it like, today your name is Christopher Chichester. Don't forget. Don't your forget. Name. <laughs> you're Chris Crow. You work at Nico yeah. Securities. Or yeah. whatever it's like. Seriously. Oh, your boss's name sure is. It's like memento. It's like <laughs> there's just goddamn notes everywhere. I was just thinking it's like clean slate with Dana Carvey where he is has that- amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to watch like a video every morning of like who he is. And yeah. Oh, like 50 first dates. Yeah. Like 50 first dates. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. This premise has been done before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, oh, man. he stole he, his life from movies, so it's yeah. no surprise. Yeah. Okay, so back to him working at Nico Security. So all of his coworkers were like, this guy does not know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> they are like, why are you – how? Well, it's making so, their jobs harder because they're yeah, having they're to just pick like, up the slack. Yeah. Th- he's he's like older. What do we do here? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, just sell. Yeah, I don't know. And they're like, "Uh, that's not what we do here. But um, uh, so I think that this kind of says it all. Like and like you were saying, it's just like rich people just look at other quote unquote rich people and are like, yeah, you're in the club. Yeah. So he he, the quote from Vanity Fair that kind of sums it up uh, in the article that I sourced heavily uh, says, quote, he was hired by a now deceased ex Goldman Sachs executive who was, quote, taken by people who seemed to be blue blooded and wasn't the kind of guy who would necessarily check references. One of Crow's fellow employee remember employees remembers. So yeah, makes that's sense. the the person who's making the decisions of hiring is this guy who just like is like looks rich to me. Huh. <laughs> now it's easy to see how the whole fucking economy collapsed. Yeah, dude, I'm <laughs> Thanks, telling Goldman you. Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Jesus Christ, everybody's just making horrible decisions. It's just a like, bunch of frat bros all fucking yeah. working there, like, <laughs> fingering their buttholes. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're wearing a French collar shirt. You're hired. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, do a fucking kilo of Coke and tank the economy. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, he gets fired obviously because he sucks so hard uh, at his job, <laughs> and he goes to work for another really prestigious securities firm, Kidder Peabody and Company. Oh my god! I just I I, I really do think everybody was just coked out of their minds in the eighties, <laughs> and they're yeah. just like willy nilly 
hiring anyone who acted like a swinging dick who was like <laughs> had confidence. They're like, oh yeah, <laughs> sure. Like, were they even looking at any references? I don't think so. I don't think they yeah. were looking at any any anything at all. No. Like, who knows? Yeah. So, um, at the time he's starting this new job at a Kidder Peabody and Company, the cops in Connecticut that uh, were investigating the weird reason, like when he had the the car of Jonathan and Linda, Uh they didn't really let that go. They were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is so weird. So they started investigating that. um, And they started to connect some dots and realize that he is the is the same person. Christopher Crow and Christopher Chichester are one and the same. Oh my god! So he's either tipped off or he starts feeling some heat, um, or realizes it's he's worn out as welcome everywhere, <laughs> and he quits his, this new job like pretty pretty soon after he was hired and disappears again. Mm. So then he reinvent he reinvents himself once more, and assumes his most over-the-top persona yet, Clark Rockefeller. I this mean, fucking guy. why not? Honestly, it just he just keeps getting more, like, prestigious with his jobs and his monikers. It, it's just so crazy. Like, the, like... <sighs> I'm just going to start lying more, I think. I Yeah. I, I think <laughs> in 2018, if we're talking about reinventing ourselves, I'm going to be a Rockefeller. Yeah, fuck it. Honestly, like Nicole Mackey Rockefeller, I think it's fine. That has a good, nice ring to it. And I think we should change the name of this podcast to Dude That's Fucked Rockefeller. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Dude That's Rockefeller. <laughs> I don't uh, Rockefeller That's Fucked Up. Oh, God. Oh, Rockefeller, Rockefeller, Rockefeller. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay. We're going to just, like, clip back into California real quick. So yeah. Because as can he's moving circle up, back on that. Yeah. As he's moving up the corporate and cultural ladder in New York. Yeah. There's shit like, going down in yeah, California. He, he's, like, reached... The upper echelons of high society in Manhattan. But he's all Cal- like pinkies up everywhere, like fucking. Yeah, he's. Oh, we're gonna get into some of the shit that he's <laughs> he's fronting with because it's ridiculous. Okay, so he. Uh, so detour real quick to California. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Dee Dee either died or was like moved to a home. I think. Um, so her house was sold. Yeah. Um, and the new family wanted to put a pool in the backyard. So they started doing excavating in the backyard. Uh, immediately find human remains <laughs> in the fucking backyard of Dee Dee's house. Oh um, so it's unclear who it is because it the body's so badly decomposed. Uh but the cops start to figure out that the remains could possibly be those of Jonathan. <gasps> yeah. Jonathan. Jonathan, I'm in Europe. Suhas. Yeah, Suhas, the son of Dee Dee. Um, I, they, ended, they end up confirming later on that it is Jonathan, but still don't know where Linda is. Oh, she wasn't yeah. found in there too? No. <gasps> oh. I, yeah, I, nobody knows where she is. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Yeah, 
So, um, well, and then someone knows. Well, someone knows. The yeah. problem is that they're a big fat liar all the time. All the time. Who knows what <laughs> he the doesn't truth even is. know who he is. Yeah, he probably forgot his real name at this point. <laughs> he's like so deep in the in the lie in the bullshit. He's like, I'm uh, counting crows. No, uh, 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 uh Cameron Crow. Oh no, Christopher Crow. <laughs> <laughs> counting crows. <laughs> Sha la 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 la. <laughs> Master Jones Army. Is that how, that's not how oh, it sounds. Oh, God. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, so I don't even know. He, They find, uh, so the cops, yeah, they find the, the, the car that had been sold by Chris Crow, and they're looking for him. They're looking for Christopher Crow. Yeah. But obviously, this is not a real person, and he's like off, off the map, and now he's a Rockefeller at this point. So there is even an episode of Unsolved Mysteries uh, about the – and they name Christopher Crow as a person of interest, a- a.k.a. Christopher Chichester. A.k.a. Uh, Christopher Rockefeller, knows. a.k.a. Christopher – Well, they don't know. They don't know he's the Rockefeller. Oh, oh, right, right, right. They only have these two connected names of Christopher Crow and Christopher Chichester. Okay, yeah. So – but – and they even put pictures of him up on unsolved mysteries uh and list him as a person of interest um because they're like there's this body back here maybe this guy had something to do with it um but apparently nobody that he knows in watches Manhattan it. watches trash tv so no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like moms in the midwest like or me as a child oh, yeah freaking myself out at night watching me, unsolved yeah. mysteries me at my grandma's current- house and current affair. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, so good. Uh, so, yeah. So go. So the case continues to go on for years and years unsolved. Mm. Um, so with his new Rockefeller persona, he ingratiates himself with, like, really, really super wealthy, upper-class New York society people in the early 90s. Um, Wasn't so, it through a neighbor who was, like, an art dealer? Yeah, he like yeah. he he ends up like finding a place to live in Manhattan, and it's like he like moves. He like happens to be next door to this like art dealer, and yeah, ingratiates himself with this person. And yeah. but at this point, he like nobody really knows how he got money to like even afford some of the stuff that he had. But he had yeah. like all the trappings of a rich person. He had the the clothes. He wore ascots like an asshole. <laughs> he- <laughs> He had, it's not you know, a coincidence. It's called an ascot. Yeah. <laughs> he has this like posh yet hard to nail down European accent. He even has a fancy fucking dog. Oh. Like it's like a I don't I forget if it's what it's called, but it's like a really it's like a hunting dog or something. It's like oh. so fancy. Yeah. Uh, he has an art collection because by virtue of knowing this next door neighbor, I think. Yeah. Um, he and he also has lots of paranoia and other eccentricities. Eccentric. I I don't know if I'm saying yeah, that right. I think it's eccentricities. Okay. Cool. Um. Also, I'd be super fucking paranoid if my whole life was lies. Yeah. And I killed people. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and the cops are looking. And you know he saw that episode of Unsolved Mysteries. It was like fuck. Oh shit. But like. Buffy and Muffy don't even have a TV 
only at their summer home <laughs> in the Hamptons. Only in their uh, kitchen where the help works. Yeah. And they don't go in there. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he he's like bopping along, making friends, becoming a man about town again. Everybody's yeah. like cool Rockefeller dude. Yeah. Uh and he he like claims he's from a line of the Rockefellers that's like it's not like the most well known, but it's like it and it's not like the most wealthy, but it's like they still got money kind of. So he like They're like per- the under the radar Rockefellers. Yeah, they're like the chill Rockefellers. <laughs> like I don't know how he find found all this stuff out. I he must have like gone to the library and like researched the shit out of the Rockefeller family because Yeah. He he like picked a obscure enough branch and like knew what he was talking about enough to well, like I think it was all kind of like spurred from the art dealer neighbor because uh-huh. he like he started finding an interest in art and then all of a sudden he was like, oh, my like grandma died or my great aunt died and it was so and so Rockefeller and she yeah. was in the art world and, and she, she knew that this Rockefeller had a collection. So she was like, oh, yeah, that checks out. Like, yeah, I, it's like he like, I don't know. He it was knew- weird. He knew what lies to tell to, like, the yeah. right people. Yeah, yeah, to, exactly. Like, make everything seem legit. And then so. it was like, and then she wanted him to come to her parties and stuff because he was weird and eccentric and, like, it made Wore for cool a clothes. good, yeah, yeah, it made for, like, a good guest at her party. So then all, all of a sudden, because she accepted him, all these other people accepted him. Yes. So it, it just is like a domino effect. Yeah, he, like, got his foot in the door with her. Yeah. And then it was, like, all uphill i guess from there downhill i don't know i don't know i don't know which one means good and which one means bad i don't know i have a hard time with that yeah because i feel like trying to go uphill like is super hard yeah (laughs) downhill's easy but then sometimes people use it like oh it's all downhill from there like it was a shit show yeah like and shit definitely rolls downhill so (laughs) (laughs) so he eventually he so he goes to all these like fun parties and stuff he gets invited to this clue party like clue the game yeah and it's like a clue themed game like you have to dress up as a character uh and he was professor plum and he meets a woman named sandra boss at this party she's dressed up as miss scarlet and she like he totally woos her uh which is crazy because she's like this super accomplished wealthy snobby waspy just like she's she's a bad bitch like she's i don't know she's confident she's cool um maybe not cool i don't know um (laughs) she was like testifying (laughs) about him and i was just like oh like she has a very affected like snobby accent it's awful totally anyway so they get married in like the mid 90s and they live out a decadent weird rich people marriage for several years <laughs> that she fully um, funds by the way yeah she's the bre- she's like he's doing some things but and maybe making a little bit of money but she's like pulling in a full she's making a lot of money she's like yeah. an executive she's yeah. like she's like a top brass bad bitch yeah um, so their relationship. She's Sandra Boss. She's Sandra Boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, so their relationship eventually becomes verbally and emotionally abusive uh, as he becomes more and more controlling and paranoid. Yeah. So it takes a turn. She leaves him in, two, in like 2000, but then he 
he woos her back and during this like this time of wooing she gets pregnant um and she vows to make the marriage work for the sake of their baby together Hmm. bad idea um so their baby girl was born in 2001 and uh, by all accounts, he really loved his daughter, and she was like the only real thing in his life that he ever actually created. So <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't a work of fiction like everything else <laughs> um, that he did. Um, but eventually, Sandra was like, "Fuck this! I, you're a total and complete asshole." <laughs> and she like started working on getting herself a divorce. <laughs> And so once the divorce proceedings started going forward, her father was like, darling, we must hire a PI. <laughs> so he, her dad hires a private investigator because, like, obviously he hates him. Yeah. Um, and they start finding out all kinds of shit about him. And he obviously is not a real Rockefeller. Yeah. And to the surprise of no one, <laughs> <laughs> everything that he said was the lies. Um. So they're they're done. Yeah. And uh, as a result, he is only granted three supervised eight hour visits per year. Yeah. It's that's sad. That's fucking. But understandable. Yeah. Like she even packed up her and her daughter and moved to London to get the fuck as far away from him as possible. Yeah. But she it would was... still. She would still bring the their daughter back to New York so he could see her. Three times um, a year. Three times a year. But it was sad watching her testify because, uh, yeah. uh, for one, well, her and then he also had a girlfriend before her that testified in this Netflix documentary. And it, mm-hmm. and it was like a real bummer because it felt like, you know, just the lawyers are like, um, so, um, like, you believed him. It, it yeah. feels like they're being interrogated at a few points or whatever. Yeah, they're they're victims in this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, like it, totally. And it's like it's like who like you weren't there. You don't know what the relationship was between him and each person that he like fooled and yeah. ingratiated himself with. Like, and especially like in an intimate relationship. Like, there's yeah. like a lot of stuff that you just like have no idea what the relationship is. So yeah. Um, that's yeah it's super shitty but like and this but I think the thing that's so that makes people so incredulous is that she's like Sandra was just such an accomplished like yeah she went to like Harvard and like she was like super educated uh and was like I don't know I feel like a pretty I don't know jaded person like I think if you've lived a life of of I don't know wealth like you've seen a lot you've understand like how people work in society and so I don't know I think that's where people were like what the fuck how did you not figure this guy out so also like when she was the provider so I feel like she didn't have to question a lot of stuff like she was probably pretty comfortable yeah and and you know he was like oh just like add me to your credit card and she's like okay like yeah she had all this wealth and stuff she didn't need him for that aspect of her life so it it probably makes things a lot easier on him especially because he can kind of just like ride her coattails and totally she's not questioning that because she's already very wealthy she's she's established and she doesn't yeah yeah, she doesn't need no man yeah 
So, but you know, this is like her her partner and the yeah. father of her child. So this is like it's hard. It's what a traumatic thing to go through. Um, yeah. So, okay. So back to the supervised visits with his daughter. Yeah. So during one of these visits, uh, I think this is like 2008, maybe. Um, he he put together a plan, basically to. Yeah kidnap his daughter and disappear again Mm -hmm. um and he had many friends and contacts like all over uh that kind of unwittingly helped him kind of follow through with this plan there's a lot of stuff that happened but basically he what was so crazy about this whole thing and what was part of eventual charges that were brought against him (laughs) um he was walking with his daughter and he was always accompanied his daughter is always accompanied by uh, a social worker, right? Because they had to be supervised visits. Yeah. Um, and he basically had a, a driver waiting down the block for him, and uh, told the driver, "Oh, there's going to be this weird guy following me. He just like he's weird. I don't know." <laughs> and so the driver was like, "Oh, I, I, you know, sees the guy, and he sees him walking with his daughter, and thought he was like in danger or like." felt uncomfortable so he did everything he could to help get him and his daughter clear of the social worker basically yeah so basically he runs he runs to the car throws himself and his daughter inside the the driver's car and they take off and like the social worker is like chasing them down and like he got he got kind of the shit beat out of him and he was dragged by the car for a while yeah (laughs) well and then it was like then he like got out of that car got a friend or they got in a taxi, they took mm-hmm. a train, a friend picked him up. Like, it was, like, this whole thing to, like, throw off. The trail, yeah. And, yeah, and also, so we only had to have everybody in on a little bit of the lie. It was all, yeah. like, a but It was pretty, actually, I mean, smart, I guess. Yeah, it was like, like a movie. It yeah, was it was like, like a, movie. a movie. Like that he, he's so obsessed with movies, like, he figured it's out like, a way to to do it the italian job or something yeah yeah he like (laughs) thought he thought everything through he even had purchased a house in like uh baltimore uh uh, where he was going to take his daughter and just like hide out basically change his name again change his name again however at this time there were amber amber alerts so and his wife is his ex-wife is wealthy like sandra's like fuck this shit yeah. We're finding my daughter. Amber Alert goes out. His picture is plastered all over the place, mm-hmm. all over the news. Like a rich a rich white lady's little girl is missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everybody's on it. Um, yeah. So he makes it to Baltimore still. But a couple of his friends along the way that helped him were like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He's – I had no idea that I just helped him. So they contact the police. Mm-hmm. And then the woman who he bought the house from in Baltimore contacted the police and like, and he, she was like, he's here at this house that I just sold him for sure. So they get him, take the daughter away, arrest him. He's fucked. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, and he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, it's not just like the cops. He's, it's the FBI. Yeah. If you take if you if you kidnap a, uh, anybody and take him across state lines, the FBI is involved. Well, also, did she because she was so high profile? I think also. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you go across state lines, it's always FBI. Mm. Uh, so 
he gets grilled by the FBI. And the, there's this one woman who, like, heads up the investigation who's a fucking badass. <laughs> I forget what her name is, but she's they they show part of the, the initial interview that she does with him. And she's just like, knock this fucking bullshit off and tell me your real name. And yeah. I'm like, woo, oh. bitch. <laughs> He's in trouble. <laughs> I would not want to be in that room right now. Oh, God. So they eventually start pulling apart all of his crazy lies, and they they start to get to the bottom of everything. Yeah. Uh, so he goes on trial uh, in 2009, I think. And on June 12, 2009, the jury found him guilty of the charges of parent, parent, parental kidnapping and assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. Uh, he was found not guilty of the charge of assault and battery and of using a false name. So I don't know. I'm not sure. But say, uh, those charges sound contradictory. But how whatever. Do you, what? Like, but he was using a false name. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, I think he changed. <laughs> this is when he changed his name in this time where he was divorced from his wife. He was t- calling himself Chip Smith, I think. Oh, maybe. Okay. So, but he was still known as as uh, Clark Rockefeller to oh. everybody else. I don't know. So he was found. He's found guilty. He goes to jail. He's sent or he's sentenced to four to five years in state prison for the kidnapping count and a concurrent two or three years on the assault charge. Um, but then, as the FBI are investigating all this other stuff, they start to connect the dots with the disappearance of. Uh, Jonathan and his wife Linda. Jonathan So 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 Sohus. Yeah. I can't I can't figure out how to say their last name. Unfortunately, I feel bad about that. Sohus. Sohus. Yeah. So they the F but the FBI has to pull another case together because that's totally separate charges. Yeah. So they want to work fast on this so that they he doesn't like do his time and get out and they don't have and then he disappear he would disappear again. They know he would. So they. They start working hard on this, and on March 15th of 2011, Los Angeles County prosecutors ch- charge him with the murder of Jonathan Sohus. So he's in trouble. <laughs> he's in big trouble. Uh, the murder trial, so they have a full-on murder trial for him uh, in March and April of 2013, uh, he was convicted of first-degree murder on April 10th, 2013. Wow. Uh, and the verdict included an enhancement for use of a deadly weapon to bludgeon Jonathan to death. <gasps> That's They found that out when they uh, you know, analyzed the analyzed skeletal the remains. remains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so during the trial, he, of course, fired his lawyer and represented <laughs> himself because he's a psychopath. Well... I think anyone who thinks they're smarter than everyone does that. Yeah. And it's, it's never like, it's, a good idea. So obviously yeah. you're not smarter than anyone. Yeah. Like in the, his first trial for kidnapping, his uh, defense attorneys tried to like say he was, they tried to do the whole insanity defense, which is like, oh. that's never going to be a thing. Um, Although if it should have worked for anyone, maybe someone who's changed their name like 30 times. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. He so but he so he's representing himself in the murder trial. Yeah. Like your life is on the line, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it ended up being like a lot of circumstantial evidence. So uh, I don't know. That's why he probably felt he could represent himself. I don't know. 
So he maintains his innocence during the sentencing and hearing, and he said, quote, I want to assert my innocence and that I firmly believe that the victim's wife killed the victim. But be that as it may, once again, I did not commit the crime. Huh. So he's like blaming it all on Linda, who he most likely killed. Yeah. Um, but since her body was never found, that's that's why yeah. he was using that um, logic. But um, her body was never found, but she's obviously presumed dead. Um his so. whole life is circumstantial evidence that he's done awful yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Like, so, if, <sighs> yeah, he's the worst. He's such a garbage person. So <laughs> with with good behavior credits, he will be eligible for parole on, in September of 2029. Hmm. That's He'll not be 68 that, years old. That's not that far away. No, it's not. It's not. It's like uh, 11 years from now. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's it? In I think, 11 yeah. years, it's going to be 2029. That's terrifying. That's so fucking It's going to be 2020 in two years from today. Ugh. That's crazy. We're in the future, guys. 2001 seemed far away. Or, I, like, it, it no. seems like a big deal. Yeah, yeah. The millennium. And, yeah. And now it's, like, fucking 2018. Shit. I know. It's crazy. Well, he's he's still in prison though. He's uh he was moved to San Quentin in 2016, and he's mm. still still in San Quentin. Huh. So that's cool. I wonder what he calls himself now. <laughs> like what his like prison name is? <laughs> yeah, he, is he like prisoner number A seven twenty three or something? But then he's like, oh no no no! Now this week I'm A seven twenty seven or whatever. It's like, ugh. <laughs> I wonder what the other inmates call him, like <laughs> fake Bitch. Rockefeller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cuntefeller. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, Rockefellatio, my, my dong. <laughs> <laughs> Sh- shabby chic. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, he's, a, he's a fucking mess. Fuck yeah. him. Uh, I hope he stays in prison way longer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he probably won't. He'll probably be out soon on good behavior because he's like people like him for some reason. Yeah, he sucks. Um, yeah. Terrifying that somebody just like lied their way <laughs> so far in life. <laughs> he really did. F- he faked it till he made it. He was, <laughs> he f- was faking it till he was making it. Yeah. Know. Wow. It's he really proof. did it. It's proof that you can do that. You can. You can be anything you want to be, guys. This is America. You can dress for the job you don't understand. (laughs) They, like, put him in charge of, like, the Euro bonds because he's, like, had this, like, weird European accent. That was, like, what the thought process was, I think, for, like, everything. He wore, like, he wore, like, little European ascots. Yeah, he wore ascots. Yeah, maybe he wore, like, a little European hat. Maybe he carried a man purse, which is very European. Yeah, an attache. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like all the people who like don't make decisions are just like, fuck this guy, dude. Yeah. He's so weird. All the people uh, who have like actually lived life and like had to navigate like assholes. their own. Yeah. yeah, like had to navigate how to get things done instead of yeah. just being handed things. They're all yeah. like, oh, yeah, something's off with this guy. <laughs> Ite petite, man. 
my resolution for 2018 is to be more ite petite. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! In what aspects of life? Like all of them, or yeah. like like in all okay. the ascots of life, I'm gonna be <laughs> ite petite. <laughs> The only the finest wine and dogs and (laughs) I don't know. Man, it's hard being fancy. It is hard. I'm definitely going to change my name a few times this year because why not? Cool, 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 cool. Um, It makes it a bitch for email and your driver's license, but. It it is a hard thing to do. Let me tell you, changing your name is not easy. Uh, Like it in real life, like the legit way. Right, right, right. The legal way. You have to go to like the like social security office and like stand in line and you thought the goddamn DMV was hard. You have you still have to do the DMV too. Yeah. You have to do all the the shittiest shit. Your health insurance. You have to do it everywhere, right? If you're getting married and you're waffling about whether or not you should change your name, just yeah. Just don't. Like do it in your heart and your mind, but like (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Do whatever you want. Do it in your heart. Just just be ready for the just like also too like changing it on everything like on your fucking uh, like frequent flyer shit. That was yeah. the hardest part. That's what my uh, boss says at work. She, she still can't. She, she still has hasn't been able to change it. And it's been she changed it like over a year ago. Oh, my God. And so she can't get her miles. And it's really annoying. Oh, my God. It's such a pain in the ass. So that's the story of a fake Rockefeller. <laughs> oh, and God. Don't, don't be crazy, guys. Don't lie. No. Wow. What a fucking joke. <laughs> he was not excellent. Not excellent. And he still maintains that he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't hurt anybody. <sighs> what a fucking asshole, man. Just yeah. takes, took no responsibility. The inter- when they interview him on 48 Hours, I'm just like, this guy is a dick. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, he just has that sense that, that he thinks he's smarter than everyone, which is so that- awful. Especially when you're like, dude, your life sucks. Like, you, you, you're you, not smarter than anyone. Yeah. Have some perspective. I mean, he is smarter than some of the people he's who smart. are in high positions of power. Yeah. Which is but- terrifying. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's probably on social means if you want to follow him. <laughs> God, please no. We don't I wonder know what, what his it, name is. Uh, I, I just remember this whole story coming out in like 2013 or whatever. Yeah. And I was like obsessed with this story. So I'm really glad that we got to do it. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. And I learned I learned so much more than I ever yeah. bargained for. Yeah. Well, uh, Karen and Georgia covered yeah more like the murdery aspects but I, I feel like they didn't talk really about all the little details that we talked about yeah they did this they did this story i think karen did it uh yeah in like their 30th episode so yeah it's a it's a good one if you want more of the true crime uh bend of it instead yeah. of us just making fun of this asshole <laughs> <laughs> but that's my favorite part so yeah me too <laughs> Um, um yeah but that's all i got yeah 2018 uh tell a friend about this podcast maybe share this episode that'd be cool that'd um, be cool follow us on all the things instagram twitter or facebook at dtfu podcast send us an email if you'd like at dtf podcast 
Am I saying that right? D- DTFU D- podcast. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm kind of <laughs> hungover. So full disclosure. She has bubble brain. DTFU podcast at gmail.com. And go to our website. It's DTFUpodcast.com. <gasps> we have shirts for sale. We have shirts. Oh, we're they're done, get, guys. They're, yeah, they're, they're done. They're uh, as of this this episode. They're en route to my house, and then once yeah. I get them, I'll send them out to everybody that's <gasps> ordered them. So Ooh, that includes me. Yeah. Um. Also, join the Facebook group. It's very fun. Uh, we have a bunch of new members. Yeah. Um, what's up, new peeps? What's up, new peeps? And uh, I didn't even know this, but Facebook was like, hey, you should welcome the new members. And I was like, oh, that's probably a good idea. That's a nice thing to do. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do that. Cool. Um, but yeah, uh, that's about it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, send, maybe give us a review on iTunes. That'd be a nice thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. We're almost up to 100 reviews. We're getting what? really close. Well, we're in the 70s that's cool of of like you know people ratings excuse me yeah you we have you could like just, you could just do like five stars and like yeah. leave it at that yeah five stars but reviews are good too yeah but i really really love reading the reviews there's me some too. really funny ones in there yeah, uh really i <laughs> every time we get one i read it and i just am like man oh. i like take screenshots of them and stuff <laughs> make a scrapbook yeah you oh. guys are really, really nice. Yeah. We love you a lot. We do. Um, happy New Year, guys. Uh, be excellent to each other. Yeah. And that's it. Whoa. Are you okay? My, my microphone just fell off. Uh-oh. It was the second time this episode. Hopefully no one notices. Anyway. Oh. Be All excellent. Right. Be excellent. Uh, Ete petite. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Eaty petite, eaty eaty petites. All right, all right. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye.